what's up you guys it's your girl santa p and i am back with another episode and of course summer has started uh first and foremost i have to tell y'all where i've been obviously and that is again sick sick with a summer cold this time i had a bad whistle cough and my nose is still stuffy but i didn't want y'all to hear me like die (laughs) over my mic and stuff like that so i you know i just decided you know just to rest up and then if i feel a little better then i decided to you know give y'all an episode and of course start a summer reading of course and before we get to the story that I'm about to read to y'all, um, I had seen a trailer uh, about some African stories that's going to be put out on Disney Plus uh, July 5th, which is a plus for us. But what I really want y'all to get from this is that don't think that Black people have not tried to get stories out like i've been looking at articles and comments about oh how come we can't get our own stories how come people can't make original content ever since the little mermaid came out everybody's just been saying the same thing and what i mean by everybody i mean blacks and whites and i'm more i mean i expect that from white people because every time somebody changes something into a different color white people always got a problem with it and i expect that from whites what i didn't expect it from is black people and by black people we gotta do better than this like do you honestly think that black people just sat there and not tried to put stories out there other than the princess and the frog i'm pretty sure that the black writers that you know, wrote the princess and the frog. I'm pretty sure they wanted more princesses like Princess Tiana. Like, do not think that black people just sat there and just tried to do absolutely nothing. It's just, it just blows my mind how, like, we as a community do not think that we didn't, we didn't try. Like, we always trying to overcome something all the time. So while you sit there and say, oh, how come we didn't get our own original stories? How come they can't just do this? How come they didn't do that? I'm pretty sure they tried. And I'm pretty sure that the white folks was probably like, nah, we can't do this. Nah, we can't do that. I'm pretty sure that we got shot down. Like, don't don't just sit there and just think that we didn't try. And while you having that mentality, the white people that always, you know, look for that, be gravitating towards that and they always want to put us in the same category all the time and it's like no like don't don't let those type of people win because the more you say negative things about your own race or whatever the more the white folks who believe in black people got no worth or whatever would gravitate towards that so stop thinking that way stop thinking that black people did not try because we do 
we do. It's just the fact that the matter is we just need to come together more often than anything because we've been separated for so long. All we do is just down our own all the time, and we have to stop that. We really do. We have to stop. But before my nasals, <laughs> nostrils give in or whatever, because I'm breathing okay. It's just I'm still sniffling and stuff like that. So let me get into the story that we're reading. It is called Murder, She Wrote. Now, Murder, She Wrote was also a show that was brought out in the 1980s. Um, the star of the show was Mrs. Teapot, uh, Angela Lansbury, may she rest in peace, who plays this uh, well-known author named Jessica Fletcher, and she writes mystery novels and murder, you know, and murder books. Um, she and her husband died and she and her husband had no children. So, you know, she mostly go visit her niece and nephew and other family members that, um, you know, that she, um, helped raise stuff like that. And what happens is, is that when she either goes out of town or even in her own home, which is Cabin Cove in Maine, she ends up, you know, in a mystery, solving a mystery or solving a murder. And even though sometimes she doesn't want to, she sometimes ends up doing it anyway. So that's for the new generation that doesn't know, you know, murder she wrote. And the book I'm going to be reading is Murder, She Wrote, The Murder of Twelve. And this book is about, I think, someone someone getting lost in a snowstorm. Uh, let's look at the back of the book. Still staying at the Hill House Hotel while her beloved home is being rebuilt, Jessica Fletcher finds herself sharing a space with a dozen members of a wedding party who has gathered there for a rehearsal dinner. The families of the bride and groom can't stand each other, but they have agreed to put aside years of long, simmering tension to celebrate the new Patels? The new Patels? <laughs> I don't know. Unfortunately, weather forecasters underestimated the shivery, the severity of a storm that turns into a historic blizzard that dumps nearly five feet of snow on Cabot Cove, leaving everyone stranded. But the hotel guests have bigger things to worry about than bad weather conditions and potential cold feet because a murder has shown up a murderer has shown up uninvited, one who has vowed to take them down one by one. So, it is a wedding murderer <laughs> in a snowstorm, and she's at home. Captain Cove is her home, uh, which is in Maine, but it's a, it's a made-up, you know, little town and stuff like that. So, let's get started. <coughs> Sorry about that. 
dead before the storm. Mort tapped the computer a few times, as if that might jar the sight to life, before finally giving up and leaning back in his seat with a sigh. <sighs> Must be a storm. I know that. Too many people inside their homes overloading the internet. You can overload the internet? I nodded. When too many people try to log in at once, oftentimes of crisis, absolutely. Well, whoever they are, we might got two or maybe three missing in a storm that's going to kill anything it doesn't bury. Otherwise, I might have called in a search party to scour those woods. Do that now and we'll all end up with more missing persons when we we may not find until the snow until the snow smelts in the spring. Of course. Whatever Mort was going to say next, it was interrupted by the crackle of the dispatcher's voice over the radio. Dispatch to Cheryl Mitzberg. Oh, McGregor, sorry. Um he uncollapsed the mic and raised it to his hip raised it to his lips. Go for Mort. Sheriff Patrol just brought in Hank Weathers to keep him from freezing in the storm. So put him in a cell and let him sleep it off, Marge. He says he witnessed a murder last night, Sheriff. Out in the old cabin company factory. Uh-oh. Alright. Sorry if that sounds like a little choppy. Like I said, I have nasal issues. And I'm so over it. I'm so over being sick. It's crazy how you get these shots and you still end up more sick than you are, you know, not sick. <laughs> anyway. Alright. The cast of characters. So this is the cast that's going to be in the story. The wedding party. Constance Mallory, mother of the groom. Mark Mallory, fraternal twin of the groom. Louis Mallory Dodge, niece of Constant Mallory. Beatrice and Olivia Spurge. I think that's how they say the name. Elderly twin cousins of Constant Mallory. Doyle Costa vet I think I think that's how you say it father of the bride Tyler Costavet brother of the bride and Doyle's son Virginia da Sali Sali I think actress in Doyle uh, Costavet's date Henley Labore mother of the bride and Doyle Kostovitz's ex-wife Harrison Beck a steam lawyer and Henley Lasovitz I mean Henry Henley <laughs> Lavier companion oh crap Ian and Faye good friends of the bride and groom to be the best man and maid of honor respectfully the missing. Alright, so this is the cast is the missing. Heath Mallory, husband of Constance, believed to have committed suicide. Daniel Mallory, the groom, 
and Allison Kostovitz, the bride. So there's three people that's missing, and two of them is the bride and the groom. That's crazy. And then hotel staff. Seamus McGray, manager and part owner of Hill House. Janie Ryland, front desk clerk. Eugene, recently hired temp kitchen worker. All right, so that's the cast. So we had the wedding party. We got the missing. And then we got the hotel staff. All right, chapter one. Gonna be a killer for sure, Jessica. Seth Harlitz looked at me across the table at Mara's luncheonette. I couldn't tell whether he was sniffling the air for a hint of coming snowstorm or soaking up the aroma of his hot out-of-the-oven morning blueberry muffin. This will be one we'll batten down the hatches for sure. Sheriff Mord Mitzger peeked out his head, peeked out from behind his copy of Captain Cole Gazette. You say that at least once a year. And every year turns out to be true, Seth continued. Tell me again how is it Cavan Cove suffers once in a century storm every winter? Just luck, I guess. I said, noticing the headline. Let me turn the page. Splashed across the top of the paper's front page, read simply blizzard. Local forecasters were predicting upwards of two feet while the weather channel had the amount of closer to three. But Dr. Seth, our resident family doctor and certified uh, curmudgeon, shook his head fiercely when I voiced those estimates. Nope, we're looking at four, maybe five feet for sure. I can tell. It's always in the nose, he said, and pinched his nostrils. More looked the less than convinced. And how was that exactly? I could smell it in the air. Smell it back in 2013 for Nemo when we got 32 inches in these parts and two feet in 1979 before they start giving storm names. How about in 1952? Mort quit. Or the storm in 1935? Who's asking? Since Maine was just peck on the path for you until you up there and retire here. Both of those jumped around two feet all the same, Doc. Nothing compared to what we're going to see this time, Seth assured us both. Have they gotten a name for this storm yet? I wondered aloud. No idea, Mort said. Think they're up to the letter J or maybe K, Seth suggested. I turned my gaze out Mara's front window in anticipation of the first fall of flakes. 
It has been a habit of mine since I was a little girl when a storm was in the forecast. There's something uniquely serene about being somewhere safe and sound as the snow begins to mount, about being home while the world beyond stands still amends a growing blanket of white. Of course, home for me was some months now have been Kevin Cole's Hill House Hotel. Construction problems and challenges have repeatedly delayed returning to my beloved home at 698 Candlewood Drive. So I will be watching the snow pile up through the window of my suite instead. A week ago, the forecasters predicted a bad storm in the 8 to 12 inches range. That has given way to given way to warnings of a blizzard and as this morning something in potentially monstrous range a record setter by all accounts a winter storm warning and capacity of all new england and the storm steaming northernward had begun to anticipate intensify intensify over boston in the forecast held, we see the first flakes in early afternoon with measurable snow within an hour or two. After that, it was anyone's guess. The Captain Cove Public Works Department maintained only two decades. No. Uh, oh, no. Two dedicated pals. But usually contracted a half a dozen local vendors many of them fishermen and landscapers looking to boost their winter income for this storm though Moore has mentioned that twice the number and even a dozen have been retained the main roads that ran onto out of and around our town were the responsibility of the state fortunately and in my mind anyway the lack of traffic that accompanied the floorboarding forecast proved a welcome relief from the ever-growing number of seasonal visitors who've been who've been sieged Cavett Cove during the summer months <clears throat> Why stare at the window, Jess? Seth said to me. When I told you snow wasn't going to start until one-ish. What time is it exactly? Mort asked him. What time what exactly? One-ish. <laughs> Sometimes between one and two o'clock, but maybe not after one thirty, because that would be two-ish. Oh, Mort noted as if they were some type of revelation. Well, there's one good thing about a blizzard, Mrs. F., he added, turning towards me. No crime? Murders especially, with everybody pretty much stranded. I wouldn't be too sure about that, Sheriff. Seth Garge. Groge, my bad. During the blizzard of 79, Agnes McFindley 
and frenzy. Yeah. And took a frying pan to her husband George's head when he wasn't shoved when he wasn't shoveling her walk. Ended up with a confession that stole a whole bunch of his memory for a time. Not a bad thing, given that Agnes was the kind of woman he wanted to forget. I opened up my practice that year before, and I remember trudging my way out to Mint Finley home because the rescue squad got stuck in the snowdrift. Mort was nodding. Don't tell me, Doc. Uphill all the way. As a matter of fact, Seth's voice had already faded when I heard a Cavan Cove Sheriff Department dispatcher voice through Mort's shoulder mounted microphone. You read me, Sheriff? Loud and clear. You need it at the old Tylee Mill off Route 1. Abandoned vehicle. Deputy Jinx just called it in. Why is he needed backup for an abandoned abandoned vehicle? Because he found a dead body inside. Uh-oh. There's a part of Cabin Cove located on the town's outskirts that nobody talks about much anymore. It's part of our legacy and our past dating back long before the world discovered our village, which had remained quaint yeah quite and isolated for a long for so long i'm talking about an area devoted to industry primarily textile mills that has been set up during the industrial revolution the longest of these were the long stuttered and crumbling oh not stuttered shuttered and crumbling Cabot Manufacturing Company. It had been saved from being raised only by our local historical society, uh, society's designation of a landmark marked by, marked as such by a plateau that had been glued in place over the entrance since it was feared <sighs> nailing the uh, oh plank my bad I'm sorry <sighs> I'm trying to I'm trying not to sniffle and read all at the same time but uh, this is horrible it's just horrible and we're only on page 5 okay alright let me let me fix myself. That might lead the riding facade to collapse. In the gravel parking lot, we found a plain dark sedan centered in the shadow of a steel massive structure that seems to shed fresh parts of itself with every stiff wind. Thanks for coming along for the ride, Mrs. F. Mort said. Parking the department issue SUV near the patrol car that had came upon the vehicle during the route sweep of the area, even though this one's not up your alley. Well, we'll see about that. 
who Seth uh, said from the cruiser backseat. Since when did you know a death in Cavite Cove that wasn't a murder? That was the Gladys McCurry just last week. Moore answered, throwing up his door. She was a hundred and one, Seth reminded him. Used to tell me at her checkups she enjoyed a spot of gin every day since she was 50 and said it was the reason she lived so long. Mort turned to flash me a look before climbing out of the SUV. I could see how this town could be enough to drive anyone to drink. And I don't even mean, I don't even mean for a medical purposes either. Oh my goodness. OMG, OMG. Oh, well, we got 25 minutes in, but we're on page six. And I think chapter one is like a few pages long. Well, it's up to 12. So, I'll stop here at page six because I don't want y'all to keep hearing me sniffle. And I want to be at tip-top shape before the next time we start this over again. So... Once again, I apologize for my um, sniffles and stuff like that. But Murder, She Wrote, The Murder of Twelve. And already we're starting to see a murder on in Cavan Cove during a snowstorm. So is it a part of the wedding party or just another murder that happens to come across the murder that we're going to get into? I don't know. We'll see next week after I finish chapter one and it's gonna be longer I'm gonna read longer if I'm not sniffling and as bad as I am right now <laughs> but um but I will see you all next time hopefully a lot better than it is today <laughs> stay safe and try to keep those allergy pills in handy because Trust me, you're going to need them because this pollen out here is no joke. No joke at all. So, see you guys next time. And as always, Sailor P says, stay safe, stay six feet, wash your hands, wash your body, and have a great day.